freight efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. Here in episode 68, we're joined by Ken Marco. He's Fleet Sustainability Senior Manager at U.S. Foods, where we talk about his personal sustainability journey, his new position at U.S. Foods, and the role he plays in helping the fleet achieve its sustainability vision. He also explains why U.S. Foods is an ideal fit for EVs, offers suggestions to other fleets considering adding EVs. We both talk about our impressions of the Tesla Semi, and he encourages fleets to get involved with the Technology and Maintenance Council's S11 Committee. Today we have joining us Ken Marco. Ken and I go way back. He's a Fleet Sustainability Senior Manager at U.S. Foods. It's a real pleasure having you on today. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, Mike. You know, as you mentioned, we, you and I go way back, so... We've had a lot of good discussions about this particular topic, and I'm ex- excited to be here and uh, share some thoughts on it. Do you remember, Ken, when when we uh, met and became friends? I mean, the title of this podcast is Mike Roth and Friends. I, I do. I remember uh, our first introduction uh, roughly 12, 11 or 12 years ago. Uh, you were screening me for an interview uh, at the time. Yeah, let me tell it, I guess. So I <laughs> uh, we had done some work. We were doing some work with Pepsi Frito-Lay. And, uh, and, uh, Mike O'Connell said, Hey, Mike, you know, anybody that, you know, might want to join us, we're in, we need an engineer. And, and I had left Navistar only maybe a year earlier. And, um, I knew that in the Dallas area that both, uh, Navistar with the Garland plant there was reducing its force. And I knew something was going on over at Denton and Peterbilt. And so I just started asking around, um, and, uh, pretty quickly somebody said, well, there's this guy, Ken Marco used to be at Peterbilt. And, uh, and so, uh, I don't know how I found you, but you know, LinkedIn was in its early days back then. So something like that. And I remember calling you because I was like, okay, well here, my, uh, you know, my reputation at Pepsi's at stake here. I don't want to just <laughs> send anybody there. So I thought, well, let me, let me give him a call. And, and, uh, so I, I called you up and I remember you answered the phone and said, oh yeah, Mike, I'd like to talk to you. Um, but you got to hang on. I'm, I'm refereeing a wrestling match. Is that correct? Do you remember, remember that? Yep. <laughs> it was a great introduction. And, uh, you know, fortunately, it had very good results uh, because you did send my name on. I got the interview with Frito-Lay and, and uh, that became uh, part of my journey in sustainability as well. Yeah, let's let's start this with just your personal journey. So tell us about your career and sort of, uh, you know, maybe as you, as you talk through uh, you know, go back to your education and, and your jobs, and, sure. but, but, you know, throughout that time period, sort of what, what might have been some of those key moments that, that got you to where you, where you are today. And then, you know, tell us what you're doing today. Yeah. So I, I started out going to school, I got an engineering degree a mechanical engineering degree and, uh, and proceeded to start work in the in industry and, uh, and have worked in this particular industry over the last, uh, you know, over 25 years now. Hard to believe it's uh, already been that, that amount of time, but uh, I I worked for Peterbilt Motors for a number of years as a development engineer. So I had the opportunity to work on a number of advanced development programs, uh, new vehicle models, and with a primary focus in powertrain development and doing engine installations and focusing on um, engines and uh, and how they could contribute to efficiency of the vehicles and all. And so I think that's really kind of where I started my journey in sustainability. You know, had a focus on powertrains and uh, how they can help with the efficiency of vehicles. And then I went to work with 
um, Frito-Lay, and that was kind of my focus as well, developing specs for the company as a customer, but heavy emphasis on evaluating alternative fuel type vehicles and looking for efficiency improvement opportunities to be able to help save fuel and reduce emissions and and uh, help contribute to sustainability of the overall fleet and all. And then um, over the last three years, I actually had the opportunity to move to, to the state of California. I was based in Texas and got the opportunity to move to the uh, state of California where I got to manage a large fleet electrification program um, for Frito-Lay and, uh, and that involved uh, a number of different uh, technologies, including solar for on-site generation, battery storage, um, charging stations, anywhere from level two all the way up through mega chargers, and then the introduction of electric vehicles, as well as some CNG vehicles on site as well to help with uh, sustainability. But the, the main emphasis was on the electric vehicles. And, and over that three-year project, I uh, developed a great deal of experience uh, working with those types of technologies and just uh, developed a passion for it and, uh, and really enjoy working with those types of technologies and working with them to, and understanding the benefits that they contribute to not only the fleets that they are being added to, but even uh, the communities. So part, a big part of that uh, project included outreach to the community and working with um, key stakeholders in the community and the grant uh, authorities and CARB and other other people in the community, but it was it was great to under to develop a better understanding of what those types of projects really do to help contribute to the air quality of the communities in in uh, that they uh, serve as well. And so that was great. But the other part of it was just working with uh, the fleet team as well. You know, working with the technicians and working with the drivers and just getting the opportunity to get feedback from them on these new technologies and see the excitement that they had. That you know there was a great deal of enthusiasm with our drivers to uh, adopt these types of technologies and some of the benefits that they offer. You know, with, uh, they're so quiet in the operation. They don't smell like diesel when they go home at night. And just the torque and uh, the way they operate. You know, we get caught up so much in this, um, you know, electric truck thing about all the challenges, um, you know, and and we kind of, we, we understand the benefits with, um, you know, zero emission and saving the fuel costs. Now we're at you know, $5 diesel and, and, uh, you know, and then, and the driver benefits and all that, um, are, are big. I mean, so the benefits, sometimes we, we, we keep thinking, yeah, it's a benefit, but it's kind of like, um, you know, um, uh, almost a given, but we need to keep that in front of us as we go through this hard work of deploying these electric trucks and dealing with the challenges because the, you know, the, the classic, you know, the goal's worth the effort, um, with these, with these trucks, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I mean, it's 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 looking at a lot of different things uh, as far as how it does benefit. You know, from an emissions perspective, emissions reduction, because there's absolutely a benefit there. But there, um, you know, we're still pretty early in a lot of these projects and develop, introducing these technologies. But uh, it certainly looks like there's going to be some benefits from a cost perspective, and or a, at least an operational cost benefit. Um, but but I think it's you know, there's, there's a, a, the, the non-tangible uh, things too, you know, like the driver satisfaction, technicians being able to develop new skills and um, advance their capabilities in the industry. And then again, like the air quality of the communities that we serve as well as, uh, as fleet skill. Yeah, you know, well. 
a lot of us call those non-tangible, but the, I guess I, I, I guess I'm going to disagree with you, Ken. I mean, they really are tangible. It's just uh, hard sometimes to 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 put dollars and to and actual well, to to put the numbers to them. And part of that is it's just we're we're uh, we're, we're kind of um, we've been conditioned to think about them as non-tangible. You know, what, really they are there are real dollars associated with it. Sometimes it's dollars that maybe the owner or the fleet doesn't see, but yeah. communities do and others do. Yeah, and that, that, that's a good point because I think uh, you know a lot of times we look at the dollars and cents and the emissions and those things that we can put numbers to to be able to justify a lot of these projects. But you're but you're right. I think that that emissions benefit, you know, and you've been around the industry for many years, and I'm sure you can remember um, those early days in California where uh, you know the air quality wasn't great. But uh, I can tell you that um, some significant improvements have been made over the years with different technologies, and uh, we'll continue to improve with the adoption of these new technologies as well. Right. Right. And now you're, uh, you, you've taken these learnings and you're, and you're working to um, um, at, at U S foods to work on their fleet. So tell us a little bit about the, the fleet there at U S foods and, and why, um, why you're, you're working on battery electric trucks there with the duty cycles that exist. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, uh, my, my experience was uh, with, PepsiCo, Frito-Lay, and got that great opportunity of working with uh, the Fleet Sustainability Project, uh, hands-on, uh, you know, on the ground, working it day-to-day with all the suppliers to implement that technology. And, and uh, now I've moved over to U.S. Foods and have a great opportunity to help them on their sustainability journey. So they've, they've uh, adopted a, uh, you know, and what I would consider one of the real key important factors for any fleet is adopting a sustainability goal. You got to have a vision to start with, and and U.S. Foods has done that, and as it has a sustainability goal. So I am now in the process of developing plans and uh, you know, and developing strategy for the company to be able to help support that sustainability goal. And uh, and electric vehicles are going to be a big part of it. And I think, and and really the uh, you know. For the industry, it's really two things for me. One is that corporate sustainability goal because it's just it's it's a good thing to do. It's going to help the it's going to help the company long term. There's a lot of pressures from uh, stockholders and customers that we serve. There's a growing interest in the market to be able to provide more sustainable solutions or cleaner burning type solutions for vehicles to deliver products to the market and all. So. So that's certainly going to help, but there's also regulatory pressures that are influencing these decisions as well. And and a number of states that are adopting these types of regulations that are encouraging the use of zero emission vehicles. And of course, California is at the forefront of that, Um, but that's that's kind of driving it as well. And U.S. Foods is has a an active electric vehicle uh, project underway in one of our Southern California locations. We're going to add 30 electric vehicles in the next uh, six months or so, and currently working on the infrastructure part of it to add the uh, charging stations to be able to support that. And that'll be a good um, opportunity, a good pilot site for us as an initial site to uh, gain some good valuable experience on how these vehicles um, work in our particular fleet so that we can use that experience and, and apply it to other sites in the fleet as well as we're we work toward our goal uh, to achieve our uh, sustainability goal, um, but for U.S. Foods, we're we're really an ideal scenario or an ideal fleet for electric vehicles. The 
the range capability for the vehicles that uh, are in the industry or in the market today, um, you know, is 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 in that uh, 200 to 250 mile range. And most of our routes were considered a, a regional halt, regional fleet. And most of our routes are in that 200 miles or less category. So um, really electric vehicles are almost an ideal situation for for our fleet. And so I'm, I'm very excited about yeah. the, the opportunity to add electric vehicles to this fleet. And, th and those are pretty much all day cabs and they return to the base every night and stay overnight. So you can use um, relatively slow charging. Do I have that right? Yeah, we go out one route per day. Um, so we're out, you know, it could be 10 to 12 hours, but then when they come back, they've got 10 to 12 hours to be able to charge as well. So we've got a lot of time to, uh, to, to slow yeah. charge and you know, manage the charging effectively. Right. You know, here at NACV, we, we call that medium regional hall. So, mm -hmm. you know, we've kind of we've kind of taken regional hall and said, okay, regional hall is typically how we define it is it's a uh, return to base every day or every other day and mm -hmm. short regional halls less than 100 miles you know medium regional halls less than 300 miles and long regional hall is the you know the, maybe the 250 miles out and 250 miles back which are you know kind of city tractors it's typically you know industry calls it and then you know, like medium range which we're talking about with you like you know maybe between 100 and 300 miles and then you know long regional hall is um you know what, what a number of fleets call you know like that um, fast return or, or quick, quick out and back where, you know, they, they do some Pony Express maybe, or other things like that, where they, they, they can get up to five or 600 miles. So you're, you're really in that, uh, sweet spot for electric heavy duty tractors, Ken, where you got enough miles where there's enough fuel savings, um, to help pay for it all. Um, but not too much range that, um, you know, we can't, uh, we can't satisfy it with, uh, today's products or the products that are emerging right now. Yeah, exactly, Mike. You know, I mean, I think it's it's really a good a good matchup right now. You know, with the current range capability of the vehicles that are available and the and the, a good majority of the routes that we operate. Now, we have some routes that are shorter than that, but for us, really, uh, you know, I'm going to be focusing more on kind of that hundred to two hundred mile range cap or uh, uh, range routes for the electric vehicles because we want to maximize the benefit because you're going to get the maximum benefit of uh, emissions reduction and all with the more miles that you put in as well as um, cost savings and fuel savings as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, Ken and, Ken and I have, uh, we, we've kind of had a front row seat to some of the cool uh, things that have gone on in the industry over the last number of years. And, uh, you know, I, I'd point, you know, if you're interested in kind of following some of that, you can look at the Run On Less event in 2017 on our site, runonless.com. And Ken and I, uh, we worked together on the participating truck that what drove uh, or delivered uh, snacks from, I think it was like Perry, Georgia to Charleston, South Carolina <laughs> every day. And that run, remember that, Ken? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, we also worked really closely on Run On Less Electric in 2021 with the Modesto box truck. Um, so, you know, if you're, you know, go take, go take a look at, at those two events on runonless.com. But I got to ask you, you and I were both at a Tesla semi event just a couple of weeks ago. And I, I've talked around the industry a fair amount over the last week about what I saw there. And, and, um, you know, I was kind of impressed with the 500 mile run. I mean, it was not a made up run of downhill all the way with the wind to their back. No, no load. I mean, it was a, a real, full load of a truck at 500 miles. Now they went all the way down to 4% battery. So, you know, if that's, um, you know, something that can be done day over day over day, 
but that 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 run was pretty pretty good. And then you know I was just kind of impressed with the truck design. It was pretty straightforward regional hall truck design with a lot of the components being you know, smaller or lighter than than I kind of expected in a heavy duty truck. Um, so those are some of my insights from from the the, the semi that we sort of saw a couple of weeks ago. You, you got anything to add to that um, while I've got you here? Yeah, I think I think a couple of things you know relative to that vehicle, and I, I was impressed with the 500 mile run as well. You know, the fact that they've been claiming that uh, and they actually went out and and demonstrated it and proved it uh, that you know certainly provides the potential of. Uh, you know, increasing the range capability for battery electric vehicles. Uh, um, so that was pretty impressive. But I think one of the things that really stands out to me is that this is a, it's a truly new design ground up. You know, they're not ad adapting to a previous diesel chassis, um, but uh, they've, they've taken a new approach and clean sheet approach to uh, designing the truck and, uh, and really, looked at it in a different way and uh and it's it's a little bit different it's a lot more you know unconventional which is not that typical for this particular industry but you know the the whole concept of uh increasing um some of the safety features for drivers and putting the driver right in the center of the cockpit uh is is a real interesting concept so it'll be interesting to see how drivers adapt to that and yeah, and using mirrors to drive that vehicle going forward in the future. But I think the other part of it was just some of the some of the uh, the, the designs that they incorporated into this vehicle and how they were able to, you know, again starting out with a clean sheet uh, process and uh, and really trying to optimize it for weight reduction because that's one of the big concerns in the industry right now with battery packs and the weight impact of those batteries. Um, you know, Tesla is really put a lot clearly put a lot of effort into uh taking weight out of different asp different parts of the vehicle to help uh reduce the weight of that as well so um i think that's going to be uh yeah an interesting think, uh, advantage for them as well right and they're focusing on you know one of the sort of the new things you know that that has become a a requirement and you talked about it earlier with sustainability and so forth but you know these regional haul and long haul trucks you know, they consume something like 80% of the class six, seven, and eight, or maybe it's even class three to eight um, fuel burn. So, you know, uh, we talk about, you know, a wide variety of kinds of trucks out there from fire trucks, to garbage trucks, to concrete mixers, to dump trucks, to over the road trucks, et cetera. But if we're really going to make a difference in, in carbon and sustainability, you know, it's got to be these regional haul and long haul semi trucks, you know, tractor trailers over the road. And so being focused on on that part of the market and all the truck builders are focused on that part of the market, but not being encumbered by also having to build and, and have products for for a wide range of different kinds of trucks is, is going to be an interesting option for fleets going forward. Um, hey, Ken, we always kind of run out of time. I do want to get, we, we both we both serve on an S11 committee at TMC, the Technology and Maintenance Council of the American Trucking Associations. And um, uh, I, I guess I, I wanted to ask you, and then maybe I'll add some comments. I mean, why do you, why do, you do that? Why are you, um, you know, the chair of S11 uh, at TMC? And, um, you know, why should others care? Yeah, so, uh, you know, for me, TMC has been a great in, great opportunity to just get to know more about the industry and networking with others in the industry and just gain valuable information about uh, new technologies, that sort of thing, you know, and, and for S11, 
that that really fits my uh, my background, my experience really well because it's focused on technology and sustainability uh, tech, or uh, rather environmental and sustainability technology, and uh, and that includes battery electric vehicles. It includes efficiency improvements of diesel vehicles and it includes other types of technologies that will help improve the efficiency of the uh, of the industry and um, reduce emissions for the industry as well. So um, it's been great because we've we've had the ability to focus on these new technologies and identify opportunities where we can um, collaborate with others in the industry, other fleets, and work together to be able to develop some recommended practices that will help other fleets in the future be able to adopt these technologies a little bit simpler with uh, some guidance rather than having to learn everything on their own. And so it's been really valuable be, just being able to network and collaborate with a lot of others. And right now there's a heavy emphasis on battery electric vehicles um, from a strategic perspective at TMC in the S11 committee. Um, and so we've developed a lot of new task forces that will be focusing on a number of different issues related to battery electric vehicles that'll be important over the next several years um, to be able to help the industry as they adopt these technologies, you know, anywhere yeah. from different maintenance practices, uh, software, infrastructure development, and a lot of other types of topics. So if anybody's interested, certainly encourage uh, others to reach out to me or you um, to be able to um, participate in this as well. We could certainly get you engaged in a number of different task forces. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that TMC uh, does is we uh, we do recommended practices uh, and uh, and and recommended procedures, RPs. Sometimes I forget what it, it's all. Recommended practices. Recommended practices, and so it's 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 a it's not quite a standards organization, but it's a common way of uh, of having you know documents and and real things. Uh, out there for us all to do our work. So, you know, there's something like 15 RPs um, in process on battery electric um, vehicles, as well as many other RPs. So it, it's real work that the committee and the task forces um, do uh, to, to um, you know, help the industry along. And, and the way I look at TMC, I've always considered TMC like the go-to meeting or one of the go-to meetings for me on the calendar year. And, um, you know, as I kept going to them, it's like, well, while I'm here, why not get a little more, you know, serious about it? And, and, uh, and that's what participating on these committees and different, different task forces. So each of these RPs is developed by a group of people who, uh, you know, care deeply about that subject matter. And, and it's not a lot of work, it's volunteer work, but it, but it helps you in your current role or it helps. I find it helps me in my, in my current job, um, by, uh, working with others through the, through the work of the TMC. So I, I joined Ken and, inviting you. I mean, there's a, there's a annual meeting in the spring, usually it's kind of winter spring. <laughs> um, but that's in Orlando, um, starts the last couple of days of February this year. And then there's always one in, in the fall and September. So yeah, I, I totally agree. It's a, a good use of time and, and, uh, an effort and, uh, get, get you kind of off the sideline in the industry and get you into some action. So. Well, well Mike, um, and, and the other thing I throw out there is, you know, it's one of those things where you get what you, put into it, you know, or you get out of it what you put into it. And so I always encourage people to get engaged in these, you know, there's a lot of information that's being created and a lot of information that's being shared with others. And rather than learning these types of uh, efforts on your own, where you have projects and you go through that whole process and 
you know, that's one way to do it. But a lot of times when you start engaging with others that have already gone through this process, you can pick up tips and pick up lessons learned and, yep. and uh, help your adoption or help your process when you start adopting these technologies as well. So great organization for that, you know, and, you know, yep. just learning more. So we got to close, we got to close this out, Ken, but um, I'm going to put you on the spot pretty hard. I mean, I, I think it's obvious and it's obvious to me that when it comes to, you know, pioneering battery electric trucks, I mean, really deploying them, um, you know, you've got as much experience as anybody I know, or you're, you're like a top 10. So, um, you know, for that particular job that the industry has to do of, of, you know, making these electric trucks a reality by putting in place the infrastructure and, uh, you know, and getting them into, into, you know, use where they really prove their benefits. What are a couple of suggestions you have for other fleet managers out there, really other manufacturers and suppliers who are supporting them uh, with deploying electric trucks as we sit here getting ready for 2023? I mean, what's one or two or three things, Ken? Yeah, I think, uh, and I think I would start out with, uh, you've got to understand your duty cycle and what's your vehicle is going, how it's going to operate, how much time it has to charge the vehicle, how, how uh, many kilowatt hours it's going to use during its operation, that sort of thing, because that's really kind of the key to, to being able to select the equipment, selecting the tractors, selecting the charging stations, figuring out whether you need battery storage or not. And and uh, how that relates into the overall electric charging cycle and energy overall energy management and all. So I'd say that's probably number one is you've got to make sure you understand your duty cycle of the vehicles that you're operating. And then number two would be focus on the infrastructure. So once you figure out what your duty cycle is and charging stations and so on, it's focus on the infrastructure and figure out how am I going to get that infrastructure in place so that I can support some electric trucks. Uh, you know, it's kind of that build it in and they will come kind of a philosophy, but those infrastructure projects can take anywhere from 12 to 36 months. Um, so you got to start there. And then I think the other thing from a, from an industry perspective is we've got to have some focus on cost reduction, weight reduction and range um, range anxiety is still, still uh, you know, a concern a little bit more with some of the earlier versions of the electric vehicles, but some of those co those uh, those factors are are uh, um, things that still need some focus on. So, yeah, very good, and and a lot of collaboration. <laughs> a lot of collaboration, yes. Because you know, we, uh, that's why I've stayed in this industry my whole career. Is I just didn't really enjoy how they how we all work together. But we're kind of doubling the size of the industry now. We're bringing in utilities and EVSE manufacturers, oh, yeah. and and uh, you know a lot more software, a lot more connectivity. I mean, it's just the 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 uh, the the uh, people functions and, and organizations and, and suppliers, it's, it's expanding rapidly. So uh, that that collaboration is even more important now going forward. So, hey, Ken, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been really insightful and, and, a, and a great conversation. And best to you at your efforts at, at U.S. Foods and TMC and McAfee. And, and uh, I'll be right along there with you, Ken. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. It was great to be here and participate in this. Freight Efficiency with Nackfee's Mike Roth and Friends.